mindfulness mode. It doesn't have to be like this. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. Today I'm with a guest who is a transformational coach. I'm sure you're going to really enjoy our conversation. He has lived all over the world. He was born in Canada, then raised on the west coast of Canada and in Switzerland. And he has also lived and worked globally from Bora Bora to Beverly Hills to Montenegro, London, Tuscany, Serbia. And he says that thanks to these diverse international life experiences, he's become an expert in helping people fearlessly pivot and make meaningful shifts in their lives. So I'm looking forward to learning so much more about my guest today, Colin Kingsmill. Colin, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't meditate before the, the, the conversation, but I, I am absolutely in mindfulness. Yeah, that's great. Colin, what does mindfulness mean to you? You know, for me, it, it 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 it's really about being in the here and the now, and you know, not worrying about the past or worrying about the future or, or machinating over over some kind of issue. Um, it's really just about being right here, right now, and and present. And I think, you know, at least for me, that kind of neutrality of storytelling, right? is really uh, is really freedom right so if you can get into that mindfulness space well that's what it is for me so yeah. so all of those things kind of backwards and forwards and up and down and and not churning over things is is really liberating well colin i know that you're you're writing a book called fearless yes. and it's yes. the subtitle is crossing the bridge from fear to bliss and i'm yes. interested in what part of your life has given you the uh, background to write this book it sounds very interesting you know uh, it was interesting somebody asked me recently that that same question and it was kind of it came from a funny tone of voice it was like well well who are you to to be able to write this book right and i started to 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 list all of the experiences that i've had in my life uh whether it was growing up in a forest on bowen island or you know, uh, my parents' divorce or my own divorce, um, jumping into the deep end uh, for projects around the world where and sometimes, some places and times, I didn't know even where they were. And, you know, uh, everything from entrepreneurship to personal bankruptcy to, you know, moving to Montenegro in 2009, where I, I didn't even know where that was. Um, I've done so much and said yes to everything um, without knowing what the consequences might be and without really having a plan. Mm -hmm. um, I, if, it, if intuitively it felt right, I just said yes. And in some instances, th they weren't necessarily the, I wouldn't want to label them that way. In some instances, they were very difficult choices, uh -huh. right? And and sometimes I, I've, you know, crashed and burned and, um, you know, they've, you could label them really awful experiences, but for me, they were always building blocks. And because of the all, because of all that sort of cornucopia of life experiences, good and bad and indifferent and everything in between, I, I, I look at people today that are so crushed by, um, by fear, whether that's expressed with anxiety or depression or autoimmune diseases or or or, or so much of our society is, is 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 and feels very toxic. 
So I would just like to to give some give people a tool to pull them out of that space, um, and uh, and that's that's what I'm doing. So there's sort of eight steps that I've come come up with um, to to do that. I see. To help them out. I see. That's yeah. very interesting. And looking back at your life, what pops out at you as one of the most fearful times you can remember? Yeah, that would that would be. That would definitely have been uh, in 2009 being asked to go from, you know, uh, from Vancouver to, to Montenegro to, to helm a project uh, that was actually being built by a Canadian developer. I had no idea what I was, what we were doing. You know, I didn't know the destination. I didn't know the place. I didn't know how we would do it. I mean, we were basically creating a brand new destination, actually a super yacht destination in a post-communist emerging market, uh, in a country that was three years old. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all just, uh, you know, incredibly challenging. And we cracked that nut and um, and it's, it's become a success and was a success and created incredible relationships, some of the best in the world. We were all a bunch of expats in a foreign land. So mm -hmm. we, we quickly bonded, I think, in ways that if you're in your sort of hometown or comfortable environment, you might not. But because we were all there faced with a huge challenge, uh, we, we, came, we quickly became very, very close. And we're still close today. We have uh, a great, great relationship. Oh, that's really cool. But so Montenegro is located along the central Mediterranean. And I, is, right. is English the first language there? It's not. They speak. Uh, they speak. Well, they would call it Montenegrin, but it is actually Serbo-Croat. Um, so every every country in Yugoslavia now is, has its own um, language, but they're really all variations of Serbo-Croat. English was their is their second language, and because everybody knew who I was and what I did, and I was sort of the you know you stand out when when you're in a place like that. Um, everybody spoke English with me, so that was great and. Uh, uh, not everybody, but I slowly learned a few things to, you know, meander around and get around. And um, it, it, it turned out to be pretty good. So, Colin, could you talk about some of these eight steps that it takes to move through fear toward bliss? Yeah. So so the, the, the first thing that that I that I that I believe to do is to stop absorbing negativity. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so we live in a society where the news cycle, social media, and other influences are absolutely destructive to our psyche. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, that's, that's like step one. Step two is really to start listening to yourself. Um, you, you know, the, the, the body is always sending us messages and always talking to us and always telling us how to feel better and how to heal ourselves. And one book that was really influential in my life was Gabor Mate's um, When the Body Says No. And and to me, that's kind of a a, a standard bearer in that I in that in in getting to stopping and listening to to what is really happening uh, with with your with your body. The third the third the third step is to visualize or design a new life, a, a new a, a new existence for you. And I know, 
um, vision boards have been around for a long time and manifestation has been around for a long time, but there's a bit of an art form to it. You can't just simply, you know, throw some images up on a wall and say, well, that, I'm going to get that and have that or be that or do that. It, it, it's a, it's, it's a exercise in looking forward to the future and, and creating a design for that. And perhaps, you know, doing a real vision board, you know, what does your life look like? making you the artist, you the creative of your, of your life and your existence. And then, you know, parsing it up and making choices along the way to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to get there. And, and then the next step is really uh, defining and deciding the goals and the mini goals in that path, right? And I would, I would really recommend to everyone, um, Mel Robbins' podcast recently did a beautiful um, podcast on 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 goal setting and based on all of the latest research. So that's important in in designing your future because a lot of people might might say, oh, that's where I want to go and that's where I want to be and, and that's what I want to do, but lose their way along the journey. Again, that's where mindfulness come comes into it. So have a picture, make sure you're the creator, create goals that are aligned to that. I kind of use the navigational metaphor of placing a milestone marker out there right that's where i'm navigating to and these are the steps uh of of how to get there then the next step would be to create daily rituals right because we are so bombarded um in at least in our western society by influences and challenges and distractions and noise and um uh, layered on top of the social media and the news cycle and everything like that, that I think life can can sometimes feel, you know, extremely overwhelming with all of these forces coming at you. So if you if you can create some rituals, again, like meditation or yoga or right. sports or fitness. Is meditation of, one of your daily Oh, meditation called? is absolutely one of mine. Right. Um, and it's interesting, Bruce, uh, I've kind of been on the, on a, on a, this path for about 20 years now i had i had kind of a spiritual awakening in 2001 that that just took me for a loop and and i i changed everything in my life uh i gave everything away i started from scratch i'm like gonna get rid of the old and start with the new um is that when so your marriage went, started to dissolve yes that's when it dissolved and uh and also i i was in a, a I had created with some partners a, a company in Switzerland, a financial services company. We grew it to, you know, 25 or 30 employees. I was traveling all over Europe and it, I really woke up one day in 2001 saying realizing that it was all wrong. I was I was trying to get something um quote unquote success, right? By by modern traditional standards. I was not doing anything from a mindfulness perspective then or mm -hmm. yoga or meditation or nothing and somebody just stopped me one day a friend of mine and said you're so stressed out this is crazy and um i did a i did something called rebirthing and it turned into uh, a past life regression thing which i had okay. i knew nothing about yeah. and i saw all of these lives and all of these scenarios and all of these stories and i was in them and i have no idea how to explain it but i came out of that going oh okay it was like, I just relaxed, you know, I'm like, I don't have to do any of this in this lifetime, you know? Uh, so my, my, 
my timeline for some reason seemed to get much, much longer. Interesting. And I just, I just, I just relaxed and I said, Oh, this isn't it. This is not my purpose in life. This is, this is not what I should be doing. These are not the things I should be mm -hmm. attempting to get and have. There's also material. So that that's when I began reading. I went to the spiritual bookstore in Vancouver and I started devouring everything. Right. I mean, everything from, you know, Eckhart Tolle and Ajishanti and, you know, Wayne Dyer's, all the stuff that, that was out there. And um, that's when I started my, my mindfulness journey. But I have to say, Bruce, and, and maybe some of your listeners might feel this way as well. I, I read it and I knew about it. It made sense, but I didn't embody it for a very long time. And I've only really started embodying it in the last year or so, really, truly embodying it and, and understanding. What do you think was getting in your way? I, I think I was getting in my way. So, so what I had to do was I had to, I had to, I had to clean out the closet, if that makes sense yeah it does so um i started to read a lot about uh, uh well i didn't start to read it i uh, this book arrived called the way of integrity okay by martha beck okay and uh that that speaks about being who you really are right. and being true to yourself and that was like the almost like the second spiritual awakening, I guess. It was like the light came on. I'm like, right. oh, hold on. You know, in, in the first part of my life when I was in banking and finance and, you know, had the sports cars and all that stuff and then hit the wall in 2001, um, that, that, was, that was the dark part. And then the, the, the lighter part was, oh, I'm traveling and I'm successful. I'm enjoying this. Great, great people, great clients but I'd never really embodied what I was learning and kind of absorbing. And I got into all of it, you know, singing bowls and I was, you know, it's really, really absorbing it. Um, but, but this, this phase where I stopped and, and really uh, tried to understand who I am and why I'm here and what I'm doing. Um, so, so I, that book really kind of started to open things up for me. Then um, Gabor Mate wrote a book recently called The Myth of Normal. Okay. And um, James, I think it's James Nestor, wrote Breathe. So, and um, there was another book uh, by Annika Harris called Conscious. So I had, for some reason, these three or four learnings and teachings in the last couple of years kind of woke me up. And I cleaned out, cleaned out the, cleaned out the stuff. Yeah. And I and, you know, the pandemic arrived and I said, you know, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go home, not not only physically, but sort of metaphysically. And um, do you think it was possibly maybe the wealth that held you back? Was that part of it? I think that that's a wealth or striving for it. Right. Uh it, and playing all the games that you have to play to mm -hmm. be in that space, I think is extremely destructive yeah. and a big, big distraction uh, because it's not, you know, it, 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 it consumes you. You see life through this lens 
of sort of unworthiness, right? I mean, that's why I was striving for those things, mm-hmm. right? I, I was striving for them because I didn't feel I was good enough or I didn't feel I had had enough or I didn't feel that I was, I, I, I deserved, you know, I, the whole bunch of things around that core wound of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I strived so much. And when you're striving and to get to that destination, which who knows what it is anyway, right? But when, when you when you strive so much to get to that destination, you forget about everything. You forget about your mind, your body, your soul, your friends, your, you know. Yeah. So yeah, sure, got in the way. Yeah, that, and that so how thing. much has the your present life in Nova Scotia, Canada, helped you to move through that? Well, it's been it's been incredible because i i came back to canada with the intention of being close to nature being close to water being close to forests because because what i in what i do and how i work today i want to be in the most peaceful calm nurturing place as possible to be able to help other people and help and work with my clients um so was that yeah was that the answer yeah <laughs> um, so it, it, yeah and I in think, nova scotia you feel like you can really do important. that are you close to the ocean yeah we're in we're in a little town called mahone bay right so the ocean is two minutes right. away and the forest is two minutes away and i in that process of sort of coming home i realized that i needed very much to have those things in my life right yeah and now they i know i know i know they energize me Right. Theoretically, I knew, but, but, but now, now you I really feel know. it. Do you more I than ever? It. Yeah, absolutely. I feel it. So back to your question from before about my, my mindfulness practice, I, I, I absolutely meditate in the morning between 20 and 60 minutes. Uh, and I do it at least once a day, I do a walk in the forest with a sound bath. Mm-hmm. And I have found that those, those, that combination of a guided meditation and a sound bath in nature, they've they've completely changed the way I am and the way I'm being. Yeah. Colin, when you mm-hmm. take on a new client, what does the mm-hmm. process look like? It's um it it's that's a good question. <laughs> um I, I guess what what I do I guess my speciality with with clients, because of my sort of calm mindfulness um, approach, is I I I let them I, I let them really tell their story, right? And when they tell when they tell me their story, I have this innate ability to deconstruct what's going on and find act find up actually what precisely is needs to be addressed or talked about so the the onboarding is really really just a a conversation of where are you at and how's it going and what 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 are the barriers that you are that you're feeling right now um and can you tell us a story about someone that you've taken on as a client and you've helped them transition to a far better place Sure. I've so I've got one client uh, who I've followed for a few years now, and um, she was in a, an Ivy League university and wanted to get into law. And so so we 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 
work through all the challenges of that and and, and the challenges of then applying to to places in um, in you know in London at law firms, and the 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 interesting sort of pivotal moment for for her was when she was we had a coaching session and she was having some real challenges about uh about her work right mm -hmm. and and how she interacted with her employee or her colleagues and you know we, we were talking about the fact that she was precisely where she wanted to be right and where she wanted to get to which, which is you know a similar story to mine i'm like well i wanted to get there that was my destination and i got it so now now i'm there and and she was having some real challenges with colleagues and real challenges with perfectionism and taking care of everything and taking care of everybody and 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 never failing or never showing a crack of uh, vulnerability i guess right and because i've known her for so long i recognized that she was bringing patterns from her her in within her family situation into the workplace and the minute that she recognized that it, it it all crumbled she's like oh wow i don't have to be that person mm. i don't have to be that person anymore and now she's thriving in it because she's no longer acting as the daughter that you know thinks she has to take care of everything she's acting you know as a modern professional woman um in in law and she said that the day after you know her we, we she had this realization her whole body was in pain mm -hmm. because it was letting go interesting the the letting go of the fabrication that she had to hold on to and that's really what i try and do in my work and you know sometimes it's one session and and people get it yeah. sometimes it you know, sometimes it's it's you know a few check-ins a year when people come up to barriers but my my way of working is let's deconstruct the stories that you've got in your head because that's all they are right and now with my mindfulness practice i know even more when a thought comes in and where the emotion goes and it's like oh, do i am i going to keep on that or am i going to move on you know yeah. so i help people deconstruct and recognize that they can tell right themselves a different story and do you sometimes do masterminds or retreats or anything like that no i don't but my colleagues so i'm also a, um, a strategic advisor to a company called kalo which is a platform for health well-being and transformation mm -hmm. and with that with that team they they do uh retreats yeah oh i see and it's kalo how do you spell that it's k-a-y-l-o uh, okay um but their website is kalo life okay and um uh right now um yeah we're organizing some some retreats in the future oh i see and your website is colinkingsmill.com and yes. what do we what could we expect to see if we go to colinkingsmill.com and i will say colin with one l c-o-l-i-n colinkingsmill.com so my website is a little bit um it's a little bit irreverent right because uh I'm a no BS kind of guy. And as much as I, you know, can seem soft and fuzzy and warm and I've meditated and, and walked through the forest, I want to get people to their peace as quickly as possible. And that might be a bit of tough love. Okay. And um, I also, 
I also know that that traditional coaching, you know, follows some very rigorous models, which are great. But I think I think in sort of in today's really complex world uh, with complex challenges and situations for people, I don't think they're enough. So 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 in my coaching practice and also with my my team at Whole Human Coaching, we look at people much more holistically. We will do traditional coaching models, but we'll also go off piste and say, okay, for now we're going to talk a little bit about mentorship, or now we're going to give you a little bit of advice or some ideas because, because myself and my colleagues have had such rich experiences. It, it, for me, it doesn't make sense to hold those to myself and keep to a traditional coaching model. So we'll go off piste and, and we'll, I'll talk about experiences or I'll talk about mentorship or talk about ideas or give people some ideas on a podcast or books or, or to really fill in that, that, the, the gap. Um, and again, catch and release. I don't want to keep you around. I want you to, I want you to, to, to get clarity and to fly. Yeah. I was quite that, surprised when you said earlier that sometimes it only takes one session. That's pretty incredible. Sometimes it sometimes it does um, because I just go in for the kill, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's it, 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 it's like, okay, what's really what what you know? I had I had a, cl a client recently. She said, you know, I'm I'm bad with my partner. You know, I'm, she's not she's she's frustrated because because she wasn't being she wasn't being a good partner. Well, we just drilled down on that, and that was. That was there was there was a whole other story beyond and behind that that needed to be addressed. Had nothing to do with her reactivity towards her 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 partner. You know, it's like, oh, well, wh wh where's that reactivity coming from? What what are the triggers, right? Oh, what where's that trigger coming from? Oh, okay, well, that's a that's a that's a trauma from ten years ago. So Interesting. let's dissect that and 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 you know, deal with it. Go and go and you know, forgive yourself for that place and time and period, but don't project that onto your partner. Right. Do you find that what holds a lot of people back or why a lot of people are stuck is because of a former trauma that they've experienced way back? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why uh, Gabor Mate's new book, the, the Myth of Normal, was so, so interesting and fascinating because it, it just illuminated me on how we as adults bring past traumas into the present and we see life through uh, an opaque lens based on that trauma and it could have been something as simple as a divorce or mm -hmm. what well, simple sorry that's not simple but something no. like a divorce i'm not it doesn't have to be you know a car crash or you know what we think uh, of as a traditional trauma a, trauma right? it, yeah. it could be something that you as a five or six year old or nine year old couldn't cope with so you you know you 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 shut down or you reacted in a certain way and you bring that forward i mean i know people today that i can see that the way they're acting today from a personal perspective or an entrepreneurial perspective is completely connected to a childhood trauma or being the last child out of out of you know whatever uh and 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 having these coping mechanisms and this sense of unworthiness. So the sense of unworthiness turns into striving for more, 
right? And it just kind of uh, we, we we drag it through life. So that's why yeah. I I now I was kind of doing it intuitively before, but now I really I really try to get to where did this come from? Where did this belief system come from? Right. And uh, and uh, it's very, very often related to something that hasn't been addressed. Right. I see. And I'm not saying you need to go to, you know, a psychiatry psychiatrist for 10 years. It, I ha I personally had a situation of of that that got unpacked last year. Right. I was I was given a, a series of letters from my mother to her best friend uh, from when I was a child. Mm hmm. I probably shouldn't have read them, right? Because it confirmed to me uh, a time in my life where I shut down uh -huh. and and turned on all my coping mechanisms. But uh, it was a gift, right? It was a beautiful gift because I went and did four therapy sessions and called my coach and uh, got rid of it. You Interesting. Know? It was a. It was a. But but not not a lot. We don't we don't get those kinds of gifts necessarily as humans right so uh sometimes it takes sometimes it takes hitting a wall personally you know to right. to be able to unpack that and find out where it was i was lucky i was it was it was a real gift and it's like oh wow that happened i forgot about that i i built my life the first part of my career striving for things and places and people and stuff because of that Right. Right. And, and, you know, there, the people pleaser comes in and saying yes comes in. So, you know, in a very short, short space of time, I would boundaries say no. Um, but yeah, you're right. It does come from those, yeah. those moments yeah. in time. Colin, do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I wasn't bullied as a, as a, as a child, but I was I was in a very much a bullied environment as as an adult um, in the last sort of twenty years, and two of them actually, uh, and and it was interesting because the first one lasted about three years of really being you know subjected to awful treatment and and accepting it right, and mm. I I don't know why I accepted it, but probably related. I don't know why. I, I'm not even going to speculate, but I was in this situation for three years with, uh, uh, you know, management that was really awful by any standard. Okay. I left that and I went to do something else, uh, another project. And, uh, and I immediately recognized that this was a similar situation. And, um, and, because I had started to be more mindful and more aware and listening to myself and just more attentive because of the previous experience, the second experience where bullying and absolute toxicity was present, I, I, retra I, I retra retracted. No, I, I pulled myself out of that situation really as fast as I could. Mm, very interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, bullying is, uh, is, is such an awful thing for, especially for youth today, right? Yes, it because, is. Because, you know, when I grew up and, and and I was, I was probably bullied. I was, I think I was more neglected mm. and left out 
of things because I I grew up in the forest on an island and oh, and every you know everybody probably thought I was the you know the weirdo hippie or whatever I was very much alone um, I see so I don't think, but I think that's a form of bullying too you know like like pushing pushing somebody that that maybe doesn't look like you or live in a you know suburban family home in a you know so so that me being different meant that I was sort of excluded from the from the pack and I think that's very much a form of bullying yeah um but but you know I that was simpler days you know today kids are are have you know social media uh to, that that amplifies it right yeah. So that's why one of one of my first things in the in the fearless book is turn it off. Right. Get away. Right. That's not who you are. Has that ever been a challenge for you to turn off that kind of thing? Not really. No. <laughs> for you it's fairly More, easy. It's fairly easy to turn it off um but I'm told we're you know we're supposed to we're supposed to have all those channels, right? <laughs> yeah. Um but uh, I think I'd probably switch them all off and just do just do podcasting and talking and speaking. It's right. much more effective. Right, but, for sure. Yeah, know, as we move forward in the interview, Colin, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And yep. so just 30-second answers are perfect. The first okay. one is this. Who's one person who has been a really powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Um, well, it, it is Sam Harris. Okay. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think his waking up app yeah. is absolutely brilliant. And his books are waking up as well as brilliant. Um, he's an incredible mind and, and um, yeah, that's it. And so how has mindfulness affected your emotions or how you deal with your emotions? Well, uh, it's, it's, completely changed the way I, I live um, prior to really prior to really uh, getting it you know it was kind of all over the map and expending energy all over the place now it's just about energy conservation non-reactivity so it's it's been very positive oh okay now I want to talk to you about breathing because that's something we haven't really talked about. I know that you mentioned the book Breathe, that you've read that. Do you have any thoughts or comments on that topic as it relates to mindfulness? My only thought is I don't think we get taught enough about how important it is. Uh, and, you know, that's that's why, how we're here, right? Yeah. But it, we, we forget and, and we get distracted and we and we take it take take it for granted we that definitely we can always do. have it but when you can't for a few minutes if you're uh i had an, an anaphylactic shock once and luckily I w it was in a medical situation but when you stop breathing you're you know it's 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 incredibly tough and you recognize in that moment that oh look at what i'm taking advantage of or taking um taking for granted so right. it should be a it should be a should be in schools. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you've uh, mentioned a number of books already. I was going to ask uh, you about a book, and you mentioned Gabor, and of course yeah. Martha Beck, who is yep. phenomenal. And yep. uh, any other comments on books? 
Oh gosh, you know, um, recapture the rapture by Jamie Wheel, I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I thought I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Uh, anything that 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 Eckhart Tolle is doing is, I mean, he's such a standard bearer for for being present. But you know who else I absolutely love, and I would highly recommend all of his teachings is Ajashanti. Oh yeah. Um, you know he he's done some he's written some books and the one that i think is so so poignant is he i think it's called healing the core wound of unworthiness mm-hmm. and and that is so fundamental i think in our society today because we we grow up believing that we're not perfect already and for a, a plethora of reasons, we are conditioned to always be trying to be better, be different, be something else, get there. There's always this this place that we're supposed to go to. And I think that's very damaging, especially to kids and kids today. Yeah. So that core wound of unworthiness. And then he has all sorts of meditations around that and connected to that so that's that's a that's the real pillar i think as well right right and then as far as apps are concerned you've mentioned some apps too you mentioned sam harris waking up that that's a really good one and i think for me that's that's been the best you know i tried um calm Mm -hmm. um and i think it was just there was too many people and too many possibilities and you know i'm kind of I kind of like, all right, James LeBron is doing something for, but you know, he's a celebrity. So it just didn't, I just didn't connect with it. Um, I didn't connect with headspace either, but um, that doesn't matter. They're, they're all great tools. Anything that gets you closer Mm -hmm. is great. I just resonated a lot with waking up because uh, it's always Sam, you know, right. and you can listen to lots of other teachings and stories and, and practices. And I have, but knowing that, that Sam is always there. sounds funny, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds really funny, but, but I don't know. There's just something about that person coming into your morning and setting the tone, you know, whether it's 10 minutes or 20 or an hour. Right. Um, well, that makes sense because that's, improve- that's important. I think being mindful is not about being scattered, and if there are too many options, sometimes it's just too overwhelming. Yeah, that's 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 probably what I was trying to articulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Uh, no, that yeah. makes sense. But I think I think bef- you know you can do it in parallel or before you you've got to clean out the clutter in the closet. I think first. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why those apps didn't work for me in the past. I, I needed to do more work on you know, what's going on. How did I get here? What you know that kind of stuff. So, Colin, have yes. you crossed the bridge from fear to bliss? I've definitely crossed the bridge. <laughs> uh, I've I've crossed the bridge. I have a little brook in my in my in the the field going to the barn to the forest. So I cross the bridge every day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely have. Um, and that's why I, that's I that's why I want to help people do it faster. You know. Yeah. I, I wish I had me at at twenty five. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
been a while. Well, I think it's a great title for a book. Fearless, Crossing the Bridge from Fear to Bliss. When do you expect this book will be ready to publish? I hope to finish it this year. Um, it's in developmental edit right yeah. now, which means somebody is telling you that it's all, you know, lots to fix. Yes. Uh, so I'm uh, licking my wounds on that part, uh, but, uh, but, but moving forward with it uh, really, really well. Well, that's exciting. I'll let you know, though. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And as we wrap up the conversation, yeah. do you have any final words of advice you'd like to share with our Mindful Tribe listeners? Yeah, I think the one thing that, that I'd love to say to everyone is it doesn't have to be like this. Because I think a lot of us go into tailspins and whirlwinds and... and um, and mindfulness is really the way to, 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 to crack that. Yeah. Crack that practice. It's not useful for anybody. Well, Colin, I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk to you today. And thank, uh, thank you, you for all that you're doing in the world to help people move forward. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's been a real pleasure. I, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so hope much. To, hope to see you again soon. Yes, absolutely. All the best to you. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I want to thank my sponsor, Athletic Greens. They have a product called AG1 that I started taking some time ago because I wanted to improve my gut health. I wanted to optimize my immune system. I wanted to just improve my health in general, and this has really done it. AG1 contains 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, and probiotics. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, or whatever your diet is, this will work for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial ingredients, and it supports better sleep and better alertness. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science, and it costs less than $3 a day. Like I said, the product is called AG1, the company is called Athletic Greens, and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews online. So. Here's a special offer for you, Mindful Tribe. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com mindfulness. So once again, that's athleticgreens.com mindfulness to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.